0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. The heavens declare the glory of God. These are the opening words of Psalm 19, which we'll read verses 1 through 6 today. But think about those words, how we think of who God is and how great he is. Well, one of the ways that God has chosen to reveal himself is through creation. And and even the heavens, thinking of the, the skies, they declare the glory of God. And let me start actually just by reading these first six verses of Psalm 19. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. And so it talks about the heavens and even specifically, it talks about the sun, right? How the sun rises every day. It runs its course every day. It warms the earth every single day. And as we think about the glory of God displayed in creation, I want to think about that from a couple different aspects. And the first is that, of apologetics. And apologetics is a word we use to describe really the defense of the faith, giving a reason for why we believe what we believe. And one of the reasons why we believe there is a God is because the heavens declare his glory. And while I think Christians can, you know, research and point out many different things in science and answer the objections of the atheist or uh, those that just kind of look at things from a very materialistic perspective, one of the most powerful apologetic statements we can make to anyone in this world is look up, look up at the sky. And even in Uh, theology, there are terms used to describe how God has revealed himself, and one of those terms is general revelation, as opposed to special revelation, which we think of the, the Bible being the most prominent example of that. When we think of general revelation, we think of creation, that creation points to a glorious creator. And so we need to not be ashamed really of the power of that. And while, yes, we can uh, get more sophisticated in some of our responses, there is a powerful statement as we challenge people to look up and to look at this world that God has created. You really mean to tell me that this just happened? And I want to encourage you today, maybe as you have some of these conversations, do not be intimidated by the world, which wants to be condescending to Christians and wants to make anybody that would believe in God on the same level as somebody that would believe in fairy tales. When the real fairy tale is when people look out at this world and think it just happened. No, no, no. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. We live in a majestic world. Sure, we see uh, some of the ways that it is broken, but we look at the sunrise, we look at the mountains, we look at the, the stars and the moon and all of these different things, and it is incredible. And we need to realize that all of that points to an incredible creator. And we should not shy away from the apologetic value of creation, that that is one of the reasons why it is logical to believe there is a creator. And in reality, it's absurd to think that there was not. But I don't want us just to stop really at an apologetic level, which I'm concerned many Christians really do stop at that point and they dig into creation simply to have more arguments uh, that they can have on their side against an atheist or an evolutionist or whatever that might be. But let us not miss that every day creation is calling us to worship, that when we think about, well, who is God? What is he like? Every day the sunrise is giving you an answer to that question. The heavens themselves, the world that God has created, the universe that God has created points to his glory. And every day that we see that, we should respond in worship. And I think it's very easy for us as Christians to just go about our lives, go about our days, and for us to never look up and look up and worship God And be reminded that all the beautiful things that we see in creation are a reflection of a glorious and great creator, God. So I want to challenge you even today to look up more often as you see maybe the sunrise this morning. Worship God, the one who made it. When you hear birds chirping outside of your window, Praise God for the glory of His creation and even how the the songs of those birds remind us that God will take care of us. As hopefully soon the seasons begin to change and we see less and less of winter and more and more of spring, praise the God who made that all work. We are surrounded by reasons to worship if only we would open up our eyes to see them. And may we not be so busy with our heads down doing whatever we're doing that we forget the call to worship that is all around us. You think maybe of going to church on a Sunday and having the worship leader call you to stand and to sing and maybe even reading scripture or something to put in your mind to cause your heart to worship. And we need to remember that God has given us a call to worship every single day through the creation that he has made. So may we be faithful to respond to that truth, even as we think about it through the lens of apologetics, but also as we think about it through the lens of worship today. Well, in a couple of our other passages today, we're going to see just some really gospel calls, calls for people to put their trust in Christ. And we see that first in Matthew chapter 11, where we look at verses 20 to 30 today. And it actually starts with a warning to those who have not believed. And even if you think about how people talk about there's differing levels of judgment for unbelievers, uh, this is one passage that makes us think that, where we see that those who knew more will be held more responsible in judgment than those who knew less. And and so Jesus calls out these cities, Chorazin and Capernaum and, and Bethsaida, and because he had done so many miracles in these places. And he's saying, you know, it's going to be worse for you than for places like Tyre and Sidon and even Sodom and Gomorrah, because you knew more. The Messiah literally walked your streets and healed people and did miracles in your midst and taught in your synagogues, and you did not listen. And we see those as important things. I love when I go to Israel to take people to Chorazin, which now is nothing but ruins. And here it is, God's word has come true, and they did not believe in the Messiah. And even in response to this, Jesus says in verse 25, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So even there, you you see again God's sovereignty, and you see how time and again, Scripture has no problem putting the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man right next to each other. Where here, it even talks about those who Jesus chooses to reveal him, but then the very next verse is a Gospel call, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What an incredible call of the Savior for people to come and follow Him. What a gentle and merciful Savior that we have. And if you have not answered this call, I would plead with you today to respond to the gracious call of Jesus. Because I'm guessing if you're taking the time to listen to a podcast like this, if you do not believe, it's going to be more like Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum for you on Judgment Day. But on the other hand, Jesus is calling you right now to come and to find rest. If you are a believer, may you even just find rest in those words. And may you be encouraged as you hear the nature of your Savior described to you, that He is gentle and lowly in heart, and He offers us rest. And even the yoke that He offers is easy, and His burden is light. And certainly, we know there are difficulties in the Christian life, but If we're being honest and from an eternal perspective and even from a spiritual perspective, the burdens of following Christ pale in comparison to the burdens of sin and judgment. And may we praise God for what he has done for us in Jesus Christ. We see another call to the gospel in Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 48, as we see now more of what Peter actually says to Cornelius and those that were gathered in his household. And he gives uh, really a summary of what Jesus did and how they are now witnesses to it and how Jesus has risen from the dead. And in verse 42, it says, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to judge, to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him might receive forgiveness of sins through his name. And that's another reason to praise God, that although Jesus is the judge, he's the one offering forgiveness, and everyone who believes in him will be forgiven through his name. This is the gospel, a message worth believing, a message worth sharing. Uh, Let's close now by going to Exodus chapter 17 and 18. And here we see the story of water from the rock. And we're going to see kind of this recurring cycle of a need arising and the people complaining and God provided. Now, there's nothing wrong with that first step. These are legitimate needs. The people needed water to drink. And at some point, the last step, God does have to provide. But what we want to learn as believers looking back at this example is that middle step can be done a lot differently. It doesn't need to be there's a need. We complain. God provides. There is a better way. There's a way of seeking God and trusting God and asking God for what we need and expecting him to provide. And so as we see some of these examples, let's again be humble, realizing that we act like the Israelites more than we probably care to admit. How many needs have arisen in your life where your response is to complain and God still even graciously provides despite your complaining? May we respond to genuine needs with faith and a confidence as we ask God for what we need. And finally, in Exodus 18, we see Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, giving him some advice, saying, Moses, you're doing too much and you need some help. And maybe that's a call for some of us to think through our own lives. And maybe there are ways that we're, we're trying to do too much and there's ways we need to humbly admit we need some help. And as we seek others and and help get them involved, that will ultimately serve the Lord better. And we see really powerful advice from Jethro here in chapter 18. Well, as you go about your day, don't forget, look up and praise God. Give him glory for the great universe that he has created. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.